right, here is our next podcast. Uh, this is for January 16th, 2019. Uh, we are on, last week we talked a little bit about the baptism and temptation of Jesus, and this week we are on to the teachings of Jesus. Jesus uh, did a whole lot of teaching along the way in his ministry, and, and each gospel sort of lays that out slightly differently. And so what we're going to do is just spend a little bit of time talking about uh, the different ways in which Jesus taught. Now, I'll say this again when we get together on Wednesday, but the thing we have to remember more than anything else is that Jesus talks about the kingdom of God more than anything else. And and when we talk about the kingdom of God, it's not just, it's not heaven, it's not quite the same thing. It is what does, when God looks at our world, what does God want it to look like? What does God want it to... Um, to act like, all those different kinds of things. Um, And so what Jesus does is then tells stories, um, uh, gives teachings, and really all of Jesus' life is sort of teaching what it is that the kingdom of God is all about. Now, just really quickly, um, I was going to run through this just really fast. So, uh, for example, in the Gospel of Mark, which we'll always kind of bring up first because it was uh, it's the shortest one. Uh, Jesus doesn't do a lot of teaching. He frankly barely talks along the way. Um, he is going from place to place, healing and uh, and taking care of people and trying to change things along the way. Matthew and Luke, though, do some pretty different things. Um, Matthew, especially, will focus in on Jesus uh, very much as sort of the the rabbi or teacher. So that's basically he would stand up and he would lecture in front of people and sort of give them ways that God had called them to be. One of the things that we'll talk about is the Sermon on the Mount, which is this long... um, this long teaching passage that Jesus has in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, And the same things will show up in other Gospels, but Matthew is really where it kind of all gets focused in. Um, And then the other way that Jesus teaches most often is with parables. All right, so parables are when two things get set next to each other. One is attempting to help us to understand the other one. And usually they're pretty common images. Um, so, for example, this is kind of similar to the way that we talk about simile and metaphor. If you remember those from English class, similes are when something is uh, as something else. Like, so um, somebody is as brave as a lion. Well, they're not actually a lion, right? But it's you're sort of getting a sense of they are brave like a lion. Metaphor, uh, we get metaphor in an attempt to understand something larger, right? Um, so it gives us that imagery. So here is a parable, and I just want you to listen to it. Uh, this is one you've heard of. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, listen to it, and what is Jesus trying to describe as he is telling this story. All right, listen up. So here is Sharon Hopkins, and she is going to be reading the parable of the Good Samaritan for us. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, 
A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hand of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. All right, so there's a parable, right? It's uh, using this image of someone who has been beaten up uh, and the care that they either receive or don't receive from different people to illustrate something that is a little bit larger, right? And actually, we can kind of break that down even more as we look at the different characters. By the way, if you notice, the first two characters are essentially... They're the equivalent nowadays of pastors, right? So essentially the pastors go, ooh, I don't want anything involved in this. Uh, and there's lots of reasons why. And so we can, uh, you can kind of learn and, and flesh that out a little bit more. Now, you've probably noticed that I have not talked about the Gospel of John. Oh, the Gospel of John, every time I look to describe it, is complicated. I think that would be the nicest way that I can say it. Um, Jesus is always, in the Gospel of John, trying to point people back to God, back to specifically to Jesus and to the ways in which they are connected to God in Jesus is found. And so um, over and over again, he will be talking about that. He will sort of build that up along the way. There are a few good stories that are part of it. So I want you to listen to this one. This is from John 4 um, and is about Jesus and his interaction with um, a, a certain woman at a well. And here is Sherilyn Krauss. You may remember her as the adult leader in your class that you will see on Wednesday. Uh, and she will be reading Jesus and the Woman at the Well, and that is from the fourth chapter of John. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not Jesus himself but his disciples who baptized, he left Judea and started back to Galilee but he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well? 
and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, What do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say, Four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. Now, an incredible story, um, a few things to notice. And, and one of the things that you'll see in this passage especially is that Jesus is always pushing sort of this barrier that exists between people. This shows up in Jesus' teachings over and over again, but also in the ways in which he is interacting with people. We'll talk about this a little bit more when we talk about the healing stories and things like that as well. 
But for example, um, this woman who is standing at the well, uh, they kind of talk a little bit about it. She is um, she is a Samaritan, so therefore she is out of their circle, right? That's kind of the tie-in between our two stories. Samaritans and, and Jews are not supposed to get along, and yet Jesus goes and talks to her. She's also a woman who is not supposed to be able, who is not supposed to be talked to like this. She is also, uh, I guess, sort of living in a relationship that is a, in a little bit of disrepute. They aren't, the, her and the person she's living with aren't married, um, and she has had husbands before, and it, you know, all kinds of things. And and yet, Jesus talks to her, that, and he is there to sort of be with her. and to. It's not like he has shunned her. He welcomes her in. All right, so let's just cut back down to the questions, all right? Um, here are the two questions I want you to think a little bit about before we get together. The first thing is about that idea of uh, teachers. Now, I want you to think about... Um, the teachers that you have had, you've had several years of them, and, and let's be honest, you had some in school, and then you've had some, say, maybe in Sunday school, or um, just people in your life who have taught you things. Um, and what makes a good teacher, and what makes a not-so-great teacher? Um, what is the difference between those two things? In addition, the other thing that I want you to think a little bit about is Jesus talks about this idea of the kingdom of God and about how God sees the world. And so if you could think about, and I think I've probably asked this question before, but what is it, what are the things that um, would need to change if God was um, really the king uh, in our world? Right? What would what would need to change if the kingdom of God really, really broke in to our world? Okay? All right, that's about it. I will talk to y'all later. Bye.